0: I think we did pretty well. I feel like that's a question for you guys. I mean, I live here, so the city's always lit. Uh, but I think we did a pretty decent job of taking care of the All Stars because that's what we always need to do. Like these elite women uh, need to be taken care of, and I hope that Vegas did a great job of doing that. And I hope fans were comfortable with the win, staying in the win this year. Period. <laughs> um, I hope the city showed out, and uh, I definitely felt it. And we appreciate everybody for coming out.
1: It's Paloma Villacana from Fox Five. unnecessary roughness
2: the aces Asia Wilson right there that was following all-star activities last weekend here in Las Vegas and as you heard Asia Wilson say the city was lit the activities were lit as well Las Vegas always is. Join us now on the phone lines. We kick off hour number three of Unnecessary Roughness. On Radio Nation Radio 920 is our good friend Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. And, Paloma, you were there up close and personal. You saw the three-point competition. You saw the skills competition. You saw the all-star game, all the stars that came out. What was your overall feeling with all-star weekend when it came to the WNBA?
1: I mean, I think it was the biggest all-star game ever that the WNBA has ever put on. And I have to give a big shout-out. Uh, to the Aces for hosting uh, mm-hmm. that event and for really organizing the entire WNBA All-Star Week, um, talking to the team president, talking to uh, the Aces executives. Um, you know, it was really them planning All-Star Week, and it was awesome to see um, just what everything the WNBA did aside from the game, all the youth camps, um, you know, all the different charity events. I know each player had their own events with their brands that they're signed with. Um, so it was so much more than the all-star game. It was so much more than the skills competition. It was kind of everything that you can do here in Vegas. And that's why uh, every team wants to move out here. Everyone wants to hold these big events in Las Vegas, because you can go and, and roll the red carpet out um, for your team and for your event. Like right now I'm at the Mountain West media Days over at Circa and it's beautiful. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful inside Circa uh, they really rolled out the red carpet for the Mountain West. So, um, you know, once, once someone has hosted something here, like the NFL, the NFL yeah. draft, then they're kind of like, all right, Vegas is, is where we want to go next year. And this is where we want to do it. So, um, I'm all for it, Q, but all, star weekend was a huge success. Um, you know, the highest viewership ever, uh, for the game and, you know, a sold out game. Every NBA star besides LeBron James was basically there sitting courtside. So, um, a win, a win for the Aces, a win for for the WNBA, and a win for Las Vegas. Really,
2: how big do you think it was that you know the WNBA, the officials, you know all the players, all the stars, a bunch of coaches were here in the city and saw how the city puts on for the Aces and saw what it's like to treat these professionals the way that it, they're treated here in Las Vegas. How big was that for them to go back and say, okay, you know what, this is how we need to treat our team as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I talked to Kathy Engelbert, the WNBA commissioner, and she was, you know, beyond impressed with what the Aces are doing, what Mark Davis is doing, um, you know, their facility in Henderson. I mean, she went on and on um, about how the Aces are, you know, leading the way in the WNBA. And, um, you know, she talked mostly about financials, you know, Mm -hmm. mostly about the league um, and where they're at financially and the the best resources they want to give these athletes. And, of course, the charter flights and, um, you know, I think Kelsey Plum and a few other players talked about, whoa, before we expand, you know, let's take care of the players, you know, let's get better benefits, better salary, um, you know, better better resources. So I think that's kind of what the players want to see um from the WNBA. But no, the Aces are leading the way and I think Las Vegas is leading the way too in how, you know, we put on these major sporting events so seamlessly, you know, and, and great products. I mean, the Aces had a a big star thing at halftime Kalani, a hip hop star. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it's, this, this isn't San Diego, you know, this isn't (laughs) LA. I mean, that's cool. This is Las Vegas, you know, and if this is what the All-Star game was like and if this is what Summer League is like, I can only imagine what the Super Bowl is going to be like come February.
2: Oh, yeah, that's going to be insane, man. And, and I can't wait, but I can because, again, that's going to be insane when there's Super Bowl coverage here coming up in February. Again, Paloma Villacana is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, unnecessary roughness. So Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum, they won the skills competition. But Sabrina, I ask you, she killed it in the three-point competition, and then she called oh, out man. Steph Curry, and not really called him out in a disrespectful way, just called him out like, "Hey, let's have a shoot-off." How big would that be for the WNBA if the NBA and them decided to come together and have a competition like that, where Steph and Sabrina are involved in, like a three-point competition?
1: What I really thought was awesome was just the amount of NBA stars at the All-Star game and at mm-hmm. the skills competition. Um, Yes, it did work out that summer league and the the all-star game was, you know, at the same time, which was huge. I mean, to have Kevin Durant and and, and the biggest names in courtside, you know, that's huge. But yeah, if, you could, if we could have an NBA and WNBA uh, skills competition, you know, mm-hmm. you'd realize how how elite, you know, these players are like Sabrina Unescu. She was hitting. Four pointers in, right. in the aces in the all-star game. And, um, you know, male or female, you know, Sabrina Unescu's, she's, she's up there with, with Steph Curry and the Greats, Right. Know? So, um, you no, know, a lot of respect for the WNBA and, and putting it here in Vegas during summer league, um, so that you can have all these NBA teams and these NBA stars. And Q, you know, the best feeling was when I was out and about, you know, around town, um, at different dinners and everything and i'm hearing from nba executives like wow you work with the aces you know they are top tier they are really changing the game like we are so impressed with everything the aces are doing um you know and, and kind of how they're changing yeah. um the landscape for for women's sports um not only here in vegas but you know hopefully globally um you know everyone's seeing what the aces are doing and and want to um, you know, do that and do better. So, um, no, it, it was just a great week for our town for for women's basketball, and um, hopefully that just continues rolling. Hopefully the ace is just. So storm through this whole whole <laughs> schedule and you know we get this parade rolling
2: right well they've only lost two games in the first half of the season they only lost two games and uh, of course the second half of the season is getting underway i wanted to ask you paloma about the commissioner's cup championship it's going to be the aces and the liberty august 15th right here in las vegas what are your expectations for that
1: well liberty i mean they have you know great talent on their mm-hmm. team too i mean they're a, a loaded roster as well but um, you know, how fun to watch Sabrina Ionescu again right. here against, against the aces and Stewie, you know, we can't forget about Stewie and how elite she is too. So to have, and this is huge for, for, you know, all the, the, the basketball players here in Las Vegas, whether you're in middle school in high school, whether you're a lady rebel, um, to have this in your backyard, you know, to have this here just down the street from UNLV. Um, that's huge you know talking to Doug brumfield today and talking to Naki Sahina, unLV football players you know they feel like you know they they have so much opportunity here to network to get their name out there to get Nil deals to go to Aces games um, and 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 network and be able to meet uh important people in our industry that will help them down the road so um, not only us as media people feeling lucky to to be here but you know, you gotta think about our community and, you know, everything that the Golden Knights are doing in our community, right. and the Aces and the Raiders. So, um, yeah, it's just a trickle down effect of, you know, these big events happening in Las Vegas. It trickles down. Uh, to our community, which is awesome.
2: No, it really does, and there's a lot going on. It's always a, a busy day in Las Vegas, and we'd have it no other way. And, Paloma, you mentioned that you're at Mountain West Media Days. It's going on at the Circa. Uh, each and every year it's out here, and it's it's been at different locations, but it's at the Circa. Uh, what's the buzz like right now with the, at Media Days, and especially when it comes to San Diego State, uh, team that said they weren't going to be in the Mountain West, but they're <laughs> exactly. still in the Mountain West?
1: Yeah, that was definitely addressed this morning, and I feel like the commissioner – I just kind of wanted to get past it and and say, you know, it's not official. And um, until it's official, you know, we'll, we'll move forward with that. But um, she says that San Diego will be playing in the mountain West this, uh, this season. And I didn't really want to expand on that story because we never officially saw anything, you know, Mm. it's kind of like the A's (laughs) until it's like (laughs) written, you know, set in stone, then I'll kind of um, fall into it more. But, um, uh that was addressed and, and San Diego State will be playing, you know, this year in the Mountain West. Um but you have to think about, you know, how the college football world has totally changed too, um, with with NIL, with the transfer, with teams wanting to move to conferences. Um so uh, college football not only just college football, but college athletics has changed so much. Yeah. It is a continue revolving door um with the transfer portal and NIL deals. You know, it's not the same game. That was played a few years ago, so um, that's that, that's definitely a challenging part of of trying to navigate uh, this new landscape of, of college sports. Of now, these teams want to be in different conferences, and now um, you know your star quarterback is transferring, or you know you, it just it's going to happen more likely, and um, that's just something we got to get used to.
3: Yeah,
2: it's like minor leagues, right? It's almost like the minor league, uh, you know, are a little bit lower yep. level, but it's like a professional field. Like you mentioned, NIL, mm-hmm. uh, you've got the transfer yep. portal. And there's so much moving and shaking and teams leaving the conferences. And you're right, when it came to San Diego State, it always felt like one of those situations where, yeah, they want to leave, but it's not really official. They're talking about it, right. but it's not official. So, yeah, we'll see yep. what happens. Well. When media days are going on, like Big 12 media Mm -hmm. days happen, SEC media days are going on, uh, Mountain West Conference media days are going on, that's when you know college football is right around the corner. And so you'll be (laughs) back covering UNLV. So what are your thoughts on Mm -hmm. on the Rebels and and what Barry Odom could do in year one with the Rebels?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's just been a shift in the building um, with with Coach Odom and the new coaches he's brought in. Um, A lot of them coming from the SEC. um, A lot of them coming from Power 5 conferences. Um, and, you know, Doug Brumfield said, you know, Coach Odom is all about family, but he's all about business and getting to work and working day in and day out and knowing that there's a job to get done. Um, and, and both Naki Fahina, defensive lineman and, and Doug Brumfield, quarterback for UNLV, uh, both mentioned to me, you know, there's a buzz in the city and they, they feel that they feel that with the Golden Knights, the Aces. Um, and they they want to win a championship and, and bring a parade to the city. Who doesn't? Right. You know, when you look at these teams that are so successful here, you know, and you're sharing the same roads, you're sharing the same city as two teams that have won a championship. Why not you? So I think that's definitely motivated them uh, to to come out and work hard. And you know, the training camp's coming up. The first week of August, UNLV will be at, <laughs> at Rebel Park. They got a brand new turf out there at Rebel nice. Park. So I know a couple of the guys have said they really like the new turf. Um, it's no longer those rubber pallets. It's kind of like that soft sand. Yeah. Um, so that's super helpful when it's 120 out here.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just feeling kind of like a new, a new kind of like a breath of fresh air, new energy around the Rebels. Doug Brumfield wants to stay healthy. He wants to be um, a leader for his team. He went to Peyton Manning. Um, passing academy this summer, and he learned a lot from Peyton Manning. Um, And he just seems mature and ready to roll. I know he's been banged up here at UNLV, so if he can stay healthy and um, have a successful season. And as these guys, I mean, their defense, I I expect a lot of their defense. They had a great (laughs) spring game. Um, They have a new defensive coordinator from Arkansas. Um, Barry Odom's coming from Arkansas and and Mizzou. So they kind of have that SEC roots. Um now I'm ready to go see them, you know, put it all together out on the football field come September
0: second.
2: Right, there's no doubt. And we'll close out with this. Does it feel like they may be flying a little bit under the radar because there's so much unknown when it comes to Coach Odom and, and the rest of his staff? Like the the rest of the conference is not really mm-hmm. used to him and, and his style yet? Yeah,
1: because there was a lot of question marks. You know, there were a lot of question marks on the roster when one guy would go down, when the starter would go down. You know, you kinda have these these backups, these threes and fours that you know you have never really heard of. So, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to like the star running back, you know, Aiden Robbins, uh, Aiden Robbins transferred to, to Utah State, I believe. So, when it comes to, um, different positions, you know, you, you, there's so many question marks around, right. around the Rebels. So, you know, I think they're picked ninth preseason poll where, where to finish. Um, to, they were, they're were picked ninth, but, um, UNLV says, you know, they love being that underdog and, and ready to prove people. And, they had a four and one start to the season last year.
5: Yeah, too. I know.
1: You know, Doug Brumfield got hurt, and uh, you know the backup quarterbacks couldn't come out and execute. So, um, I think the biggest thing with UNLV is building that depth. You know, building that depth, and that's for for every team really. But for UNLV, they they, they got to recruit and they got to build that depth um, because if the one or the two goes out, you know that next guy needs to be even better. So, right. I think that's what Barry Odom is trying to do build that depth, build that relationship in the communities, recruit locally, go get all the guys at Bishop Gorman um, and bring them to UNLV. So we'll see this season coming
4: up.
2: Yeah, it is. It's coming up. And, yeah, you mentioned them picked ninth, and I think a lot of that had to do with just like you mentioned, the big unknown. You just don't know a whole lot about them. So you can't pick them up towards the top, and uh, you just don't know where to really place them. So I think that they can actually surprise some people coming up in the fall. Well, Paloma, great stuff as always. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for?
1: Yeah, I mean, Zone's coming up, man. I mean, it's like right around the corner. Um, Super excited to have Barry Odom on with me um, because, you know, football season is is coming up. So um, what's great about a new coach is, you know, a lot of new faces, new strength coach, new um, coordinators, you know, a lot of new stories to tell. And I've already met so many new players on the UNLV football team that are eager to get out there, get their stories out there. They want to go to Aces games. Uh, you know, they're just, they seem really energized, really excited to, to start, you know, start the season and get to work and everything. So the red zone's coming up and of course we're still full speed ahead with the aces and, and everything that's coming up with them. So, um, and then you got the Raiders camp coming up too. I mean, it's like Disneyland out here.
2: It really is. Yeah. Training camp starts (laughs) next week. We definitely look forward to it. Well, great job, Paloma. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Q. See ya. All right. See ya. There she goes. Paloma Villacano, of Fox 5 Sports. At some point, I'll make my way on TV. I'm just saying. At some point, I mean, you know, at some point it'll be like, you know what? We ought to do a Raider-focused show here and we'll have Q come in and be a little in-studio analyst. i get my TV uh, skills on. I'll have to go on after a Saturday, though, because i got to get my hair cut on Saturday, right? If you're going to be on TV, all right, you got to get your hair cut, right? Oh, yeah. You know? you gotta, got to. You look good, feel good, play good. That's how you roll. So at some point, man, I'll figure out my way on the TV. But, no, good stuff right there from Paloma. We definitely appreciate her. She's at Mountain West Conference Media Days right now. The Aces, obviously, are about to be back in action tomorrow. Matter of fact, you can hear them on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, they're taking on – who are they taking on? Seattle tomorrow, right? Seattle tomorrow. And then on Saturday they're taking on uh, the Mystics, I believe. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, But I know that they play tomorrow and then they play Saturday, and you can hear both those games on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas.
4: It is the Lynx, Minnesota Lynx.
2: Okay, there you go. We're close. Kind of, sort (laughs) of. But it is Seattle tomorrow, right? Yes, yes. Okay, There you go. Hey, look, I had the next game. That's all that mattered. Good job. (laughs) The next game is all that mattered. as far be, as I'm concerned. I so, will be behind the board for that on ESPN Las Vegas. So. Of course you will. That's because you hold it down I in try. a major way. So many thanks to Paloma. Many thanks to you. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back, get to some of these texts, get to some of these calls. i got a couple cover three news and notes. And then Cam Rogers from the Believe Podcast Network will talk. Or will join us to talk all things British Open. This is Red Nation Radio 920. <laughs> This is my leverage. I can say to the Giants. I can say to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my work? You want to show you how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. All I won't right. play it down. That's a play I can use. Anybody knows me, knows that's not something I want to do. But, like, it's something that hasn't crossed my mind. I never thought I would ever do that. But, like, now I'm at a point where it's like, Jesus, like, I might have to take it to this level.
1: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance
2: Studio. Saquon Barkley right there on a podcast talking about his leverage, talking about what he could possibly do in this situation. Um, I don't think that Saquon misses any game checks. I just think that $600,000, a little bit over $600,000 is too much to pass up. I don't think Josh Jacobs misses out on any paychecks. I just don't. But that's just my gut feeling. It doesn't mean that they won't. Also, earlier in the show, we talked to Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk, the Hall of Famer, and she was talking about those guys signing the franchise tag but getting a little bit of sugar put on top so they get a little bit extra money so everybody's a little bit happier. And she thinks that that's how both Saquon and Josh Jacobs will arrive in training camp. That's something I hadn't thought about. It's a really interesting nugget. That's why we have people like Shereen Williams on the show to tell us what we might not know or what we might not think about. I threw the question out there to you. Give me two questions about this Raiders team as we're less than a week away from the start of camp. Give me one on offense and one on defense. 69187, keyword R&R. Got plenty of texts. We'll get to those uh, in just a second. But let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our friend Larry. Larry, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man?
3: Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, Just a little insight on uh, one of the uh, all-time players uh, for the Raiders Um I'm kind of going on a little bit of memory. My uncle was a former Washington ball player. He was uh, he was on uh, of the five championship teams Washington uh, has made it to uh, and won. He was on two of them. He played with a quarterback named Sammy Baugh, and uh, so he knew the game. He knew the quarterbacks, and later on as he – retired and whatnot. He uh, was part of the Spokane Shockers, which was an affiliate uh, uh, a farm team, if you will, for the uh, Oakland uh, Raiders. And they got a young guy there that came on board uh, named Kenny Stabler. And at first, uh, he would come into town where we lived up in Seattle. He called my mother. Said uh, we, uh, We're playing here at the stadium, and we've got a young guy. We're kind of watching to see how he is, and his name is uh, Kenny Stabler. And But later on, he told me that uh, he wasn't with him a long time. Uh, he went back, uh, called back. Uh, but he said that uh, they never thought Kenny Stabler uh, was really much to look at. And he, he, we were talking about, so you don't know <clears throat> necessarily – when they're wearing pads, not wearing pads, uh, hard scrimmage. He, he says so much of it is when you get in that game is when you'll, you'll see the true athlete come out. Not always, but many times there's a gym, the, uh, the rough there that you have to be looking for. But they, he said that they paid him $1,000 a game at the time. And uh, just never thought that he would really go on to be uh, the great that he was for the Oakland team. So that, that was my uh,
2: comment. Hey, good call, Larry. Thanks for the little nugget, man. I like that. And, yeah, you're right. There's some guys that are not practice guys. There's some guys that are just strictly gamers, right? When the lights come on and they shine the brightest, that's when they play. And there's other guys that are fantastic at practice and ain't worth the salt when they're in the game, right? Some guys do everything right in practice. And then when they get to the game, it's like, yeah, they just kind of go back to who they are. So, yeah, there's that's that's who it is. So I like that nice little nugget there on Kenny, the snake snapler. And, yeah, I think he turned out to be pretty good. <laughs> so it happens when you're an hof right? So shout-out to the snake and shout-out to Larry for that call. Definitely appreciate it. Let's get one more call in before we get to Cam Rogers from the Believe Podcast Network is going to join us to talk all things British Open. How about Mitch in New Jersey? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mitch? How about Mitch? How are you doing, Q? How's it going, man? Thanks for
3: taking my call. Sir. Uh, I apologize for yesterday. Uh, yeah. I'm a, sometimes I'm a bad of a you know why. It's all good. And it's before your time. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I don't talk about these running backs. They make a mistake. So now people, when, they, when you draft the running backs, you don't want to draft them in the first two or three rounds. You don't want to draft them too good. It's ridiculous. I, I, I just think it's making rules safer. So all did, I think the Raiders in charge are making mistakes by not giving me that. Even the Giants, too i got to read about time. It's a big mistake. It really uh, adds to the team. Yep. Now, now the defense will just be pinning back their ears and just going for, going for the quarterback. And you can't hit him too hard either. <laughs> right. All right. Hey, Mitch, thanks for the call. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I
2: mean, that's the thing about it. There's so many different ways you can look at it. Like I look at first-round running backs and think that, hey, that's ideal. get a guy, you have him under control for at least five years if you so choose to. You can also franchise tag him a couple times. That's seven years. By seven years, you probably don't want that running back anymore. Right? It, the situation is just a little different when it comes to the Raiders because they only had J- Josh Jacobs for four years. They didn't pick up the fifth-year option, and then they franchised him. Right? So it's a little bit a little different when it comes to him. Saquon, he's already played five years in the league. So there's, a di- there's different ways to look at it. Some people say never draft a running back in the first round. I say health. It's a – If that's a really good one, you think he could be special, why not draft him in the first round and know that you have him under control for like five years like B. John Robinson with the Falcons and Jameer Gibbs with the Lions. Uh, There's a lot of different ways to look at it, but then people say you can get one in any round. So why spend big money on one when you can just get a guy like a Pacheco in round seven and he can do his thing and be that guy and not have to pay him hardly anything? Or you can get a guy like a Cam Akers or a Legarrett Blunt or – uh, Maud Bradshaw or James Starks or Pierre Thomas, right? Guys that were very, very uh, underpaid or, or not, not have a very high salary, and they helped their team win Super Bowls. So there's that. So thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. Got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray, and we'll get to, uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Let's go ahead and get this quick call in from Raider James out of Monterey. Raider James, welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
5: Hey Q, am I live right now? Yes, sir. Q, this is Raider J in Monterey, brother. Something happened with the uh, the techno right there. I I didn't had uh, time. Hey, so two questions for you. Uh, one on offense, one on defense. Well, to me, it's got to be Pat Graham, Q. Okay. By the way, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. It's Got to be Pat Graham. Is he for real? What has he What has he done? He's been around. He knows these people, but. Has he performed? You give anybody five great DBs, they're probably going to do all right, right? Yeah, Isn't that what he was saying? You give anybody some some talented big uglies in the middle and a a couple of ferocious ends and, 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 you know, five good DBs, they're going to do all right. On offense, you know, um, Aiden O'Connell, who is he? Is he he going to be good for us this year? Because I think it's got to be him over Hoyer, right?
2: I would think so, yeah. Hey, good call. Good call, man. Raider J and Monterey definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, Patrick Graham, that's the second time his name has been brought up. Is he for real? Is he going to be a really good defensive coordinator? He won talent. He's got some talent now, right? And, and, and can he put it together? Can the defense come together and support Max Crosby and be that dude? That's going to be a question. And then offensively, who is Aiden O'Connell? I think that's a big question that none of us will know the answer to. Hopefully we don't find out the answer at all in 2023. I mean, honestly, I hope I don't see Aiden O'Connell at all outside of the preseason at training camp, right? If, if you see him in the regular season, something most likely went wrong. So I, 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 prefer, <laughs> I prefer not seeing him on the field in live action outside of the preseason and in training camp. Now, one quick text from Sir Whiskey Ray, and then we'll get to Cam Rogers from the Believe Podcast Network. He says, Q, loving today's topic here. So many questions I'd like to ask, but I'll keep it simple. On the offensive side of things, can we stay aggressive in the second half and not let, off the, let our foot off the pedal? It's a great question. On the defensive side of things, who besides Mad Max wants to be the other alpha dog? We need playmakers. To Ari. When I get down in September, I'd like to buy you a cold one or ice cream. Let me know. LOL. Needing positive vibes, gentlemen, with a bad back. My fiance will be going forward with surgery tomorrow for a herniated disc. Been here at the hospital since 4 a.m. and will continue to be by her side. Thanks for keeping my spirits up, gentlemen. Much love. Sir Whiskey Ray. So, uh, yeah, man, um, hopefully everything goes great for uh, for your fiance with the surgery and everything. It's awesome that you've been by her side. And uh, when it comes to asking the questions offensively and defensively, you know, those are great questions. Right? Stay aggressive. That's, that's something that, that needs to happen. The Raiders had too many leads, second-half leads, and lost them. Can they stay aggressive, continue to score? Defensively, who is going to stand up and be that other guy, that alpha dog, as I like to call him, across from Mad Max Crosby? Great stuff. Great stuff. And Ari, i got to ask you, Sir Whiskey Ray said he'd like to buy you a cold one or an ice cream. Which one would you prefer? <laughs> Don't make fun of me. I'm going to take the ice cream i w I'm not ask, I'm but not I, making fun of you, I'm no, asking you. To
4: everyone, whoever's listening, because I think most people would take the drink. But no, let's uh let's enjoy some ice cream. I appreciate you. Sir Whiskey Ray. What definitely. I what's what's
2: your ice cream of, of choice?
4: Uh where are we going? Are we are we uh Hey look man, the, uh, I'll just ask you what your ice cream of <laughs> choice is. I ain't
2: giving you uh, all these different options of places.
4: What kind of ice cream you want? I'll take Rocky Road. Sounds uh, good. Or maybe some cookies and cream. What
5: what do you uh, I you don't know. Like, I know
2: I did ask you a question <laughs> and I poo pooed on your answer. That's not nah, that's I all did, bad. Really. It's my ice cream. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You gonna get there, your Rocky If there's Rose. some
4: chocolate in there somewhere, I'll probably be happy with it. So
2: cookies and cream I like. That's a good one. Uh I like I like chocolate malts but made with vanilla ice cream. Uh okay. I'm I'm like my dad like that. I like chocolate malts, but you have to make it with vanilla ice cream. And then you just use chocolate syrup and, and, and add that to the mix. Uh, I'm a big cappuccino blast guy from Basket Robbins. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Basket Robbins. I know no cheap plugs, but whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I like cappuccino blasts as well. And then around Christmas time, I'm a big peppermint ice cream guy. Oh wow! And like, it's really—it's like where it has the chunks in it. Yeah, I was going to say like chocolate me- peppermint. Kind no, of no, chocolate. no. It's just—it's—it's like—it's like vanilla with with, or no, it's peppermint, but it has peppermint chunks in it. Oh okay. But like, normally they only sell it around Christmas time or the holiday time.
4: All right, I'm in.
2: I like that too. And sometimes I like to make a peppermint milkshake, and it's more like people think it's like cough syrup, or it's, you know, because it has that medicine y, peppermint kind of flavor.
4: Throw a little creme de menthe, cream de menthe in there.
2: I thought a little cream of something in there. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I thought a little something, something in there. I think I'm going to just go ahead and pass on the ice cream. So, Whiskey Ray, I'll just take a cold one. <laughs> <We> <laughs> too many options. Right? No, too that's
4: mi- cool. We, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah no doubt.
2: No doubt. So coming up in a matter of minutes, and let me know when we have Cam. Uh, Coming up in a matter of minutes, we'll have uh, Cam Rogers from the Believe Podcast Network talking all things British Open. We'll do it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920.
1: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio.
2: 4.36 is the time here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio this afternoon and joining us on the phone lines is our good friend Cam Rogers from the Believe Podcast Network. And Cam, thanks so much for your time. Definitely appreciate you this uh, afternoon. And uh, when you're on the show, we know we're we're talking some golf and the British Open is coming up. And by the time we wake up tomorrow morning, the first round will already be underway. The question is, Cam, will you be up and awake watching that first round tomorrow morning?
0: (laughs) What's going on, Q? Good to be with you. You know, I think my strategy is to go to the club tonight. Rick some shots, stay past closing time, and then after that, you know, roll into bed and just watch some coverage from there. But actually, on the uh, real, I think the wake-up call for me will be 4 a.m. Eastern time, no earlier than that. I usually, you know, draw the line there. Otherwise, I'll be groggy all day, and that's not good for the Belief Podcast Network. So. 4 a.m. wake up call for
2: me. <laughs> there you go. I respect that. And so, uh, there's so many different questions and storylines that I want to ask you about when it comes to the British Open, including Live, the Live Tour, and PGA. That still is not a collaboration. They still have not come together officially. Uh, how do you think that the Live players and the PGA players, how they uh, they coexist this weekend?
0: Well, you know, I think they are used to being together at this juncture because of the Masters and. The PGA Championship, the U.S. Open, I would argue in the early stages of the season, that was much more of a conversation, right? How are these guys going to mesh? How are the Live guys going to perform playing against PGA Tour competition again? And lo and behold, a lot of Live guys, in fact, one of them actually won a major championship, but a lot of them contended Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson, all these guys. So it proves that playing on Live does not actually proved to be a detriment to your game in a, in a major championship capacity. Um, as far as this merger is concerned, listen, these guys don't even know what's going on. Obviously, the PGA Tour golfers were left in the dark. They didn't have any idea what was happening until Jay Monahan made the announcement, right? So I think it's going to be business as usual here at the Open Championship this week. These guys are locked in. They don't care about the outside noise right now. They care about a Claret Jug and a paycheck.
2: right that's that's all that matters at the end of the day how about Roy McIlroy uh is it an opportunity or it is an opportunity is he going to get it done where he finally can end this major drought that he's been on
0: I don't think so listen he's the favorite for the right reasons right coming off that victory at the Scottish Open he was top five at St. Andrews last year has finished no worse than T9 in any of his last six tournaments he's been dominating the majors but dominating in the sense of cashing a paycheck and finishing inside the top 10, but not winning one. I right. mean, the last time he won one was, of course, right here at Royal Liverpool 10 years ago uh, at the Open Championship, right? So clearly he has a closing issue in a major championship sense. So, you know, until he proves me wrong, I'd rather just stay away and not put my hard-earned money on Rory McIlroy. I mean, the guy is plus 750, plus 700. There's no real return on investment there. I mean, I'd rather go to, like, 20-1 to with Victor Hovland, who actually is my pick to win this week, you know? Mm. And if you want to bet Rory top 10 or top 20, you're laying some serious juice. So, you know, I'd rather just go ahead and root for him without placing my hard-earned money on him. But I don't think he gets it done this week. I like somebody else, obviously, in Victor Hovland.
2: Cam Rogers is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. We're talking all things British Open. So, Rory, he's running and and playing with John Rahm and Justin Rose, uh, that trio together. What do you think of that trio as as they get things uh, teed off tomorrow?
0: Well, I like all of them. In fact, all of them are in some sort of power rankings or betting analysis. I love Justin Rose this week for a top 20. I think it's actually my lock of the week, to be honest with you. You know, he's coming in with great form. He has great Link-style experience. He was T4, actually, back in 1998 at the British Open when he was an amateur. And then as for John Rom, he's kind of the forgotten man in this big three of Rory, Scotty, and Rom. But he's still playing great over the last 36 rounds. He's second in strips game total, second in approach. He was top 10 at the U.S. Open. Of course, he won the Masters back in April. So people are kind of sleeping on Rahm. I know he only has one top 10 at the British Open, but... He is just an immense talent, and I think this course fits him perfectly. This course in Royal Liverpool demands elite driving, and John Rahm can do that.
2: You mentioned Scotty Scheffler. What about him? What are your thoughts on – I know a lot of folks believe it's either Scheffler or McIlroy going to win it, but what are your thoughts on Scotty?
0: Yeah, I mean, what can I say? The guy has been sensational. He has yet to finish outside the top 12 going back to October of 2022. He was runner-up at the PGA. He was – The bronze winner, if you will, third place at the U.S. Open, leads the tour And stroke-stained Tita Green, stroke-stained approach. He's the number one player in the world. He's fighting some history, though. The last time the number one player in the world won the Open Championship was our guy Tiger Woods back in 2006, and we know that Tiger is the anomaly to everything in terms of golf trends, right? So, Scotty, can you get to that level? We shall see. And also, going back the last 10 years, no open championship winner has been shorter than 14 to 1 in the outright market. Right now, Scotty's plus 650, plus 700. So fighting some history there. That is all to say. He's going to have a fine week, but obviously not my pick to win here.
2: Cam Rogers, Believe Podcast Network, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. How about the course? I know a lot of people are talking about the 17th hole, but just the course in general, uh, what kind of condition it is, is it in, and, and how do you think weather is going to play a role this weekend?
3: Well, weather
0: is always the storyline in terms of an open championship, right? It's so unpredictable. I mean, if you check the forecast right now, it may not matter because it could change in five minutes. From what I'm seeing at this juncture... Pretty good conditions tomorrow, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're going to get some precipitation, and that lends me to believe this is going to be a birdie fest. Let me tell you why. The last two editions of the Open at Liverpool, Rory McIlroy was minus 17, Tiger Woods back in 2006 was minus 18, and now we are factoring in the reality that this course is going to be damp, receptive. That means guys can fire at flagsticks and not worry about the ball bouncing all over the place, right? So I expect a lot of aggressive play from some premier drivers of the golf ball, Xander Shockley, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm. These guys are really going to go aggressively, I think, and that means a lot of birdies, a lot of eagles, and historically, Royal Liverpool has been one of the easier courses in the open rota, so I don't anticipate that trend changing at all, so expect some fireworks here this week.
2: You know, like I said, a lot of people were talking about that 17th hole, and, and from my understanding, it went from, what, a par 4, and it was 400-something yards to now 136 yards and a par 3. How much does that change the game?
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's now a par 71, obviously, doing that math, but it still plays long, just a shade under 7,400 yards, and it's going to play longer for a lot of the shorter hitters if this course is damp because, of course, you get less roll off the tee. So mm-hmm. Jordan Speed, Colin Markawa, Ryan Harmon, for instance, those guys may have longer shots into these greens. I don't anticipate it having a massive difference because we still have those par fives. And if you can dominate those par fives like Rory did 10 years ago, you are going to be in contention. So that's actually the key for me this week. Can you... Get yours on the par 5s. Hold on on the par 4s and par 3s. I think that's the strategy.
2: One of the storylines that I saw that I found to be pretty interesting, I know it's not the end-all, be-all, is that there's multiple sets of brothers that are playing in the British Open. How cool is that?
0: Oh, I love that. And that's a great storyline that you can get sometimes with the Opens in particular, right? The Open Championship and the U.S. Open – allows for what? It's open for everybody to qualify. so You get these fun storylines out of it and um, some great stories, and maybe, maybe we'll get some sort of Cinderella story like we had not too long ago at the PGA Championship. So keep an eye on that. But that's the beauty of this Open. And, you know, it's actually my second favorite major championship right behind the Masters, and I think it's a sizable gap between those two and the U.S. Open and the PGA. These two are special, the Masters and the British Open.
2: Cam Rogers is our guest from the Believe Podcast Network here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness talking all things British Open. And we'll close out with this. Uh, you know, you didn't say Rory as your your winner. You didn't say Scheffler. You didn't say John Robb. You didn't say Justin Rose. Uh, give us your top three guys that you think uh, have a chance to win this whole thing.
0: Well, my pick to win is one Victor Hovland. You can get him at 25-1, to 1, seven top tens on the season. He won the Memorial back in May. T4 at the Open Championship last year. Keep an eye on him. Of course, Ricky Fowler is very much part of the conversation this week. Keep an eye on him to perhaps hoist the Claret Jug. He won the Rocket Mortgage Classic recently. He was right there at Liverpool back in 2014. And then a couple of somewhat dark horses Dustin Johnson, T6, Mm. T8 in his last two Open Championships. He was electric T to green at the U.S. Open this year. He's a guy who can certainly win this thing. He's got the right ball flight. And then finally, the champion golfer of the year back in 2021, Colin Morikawa. Coming off a T2 at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, he seems healthier. He was dealing with a back injury earlier this year. So those are my four guys, but my pick to win officially is Mr. Hovland.
2: There it is. I like it. I really do. Cam, great stuff as always, my man. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for?
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's a new episode of Lock It In, full open championship preview. Also, you can follow me on all socials at Cam Rogers Live. And we've got uh, my Stadium TV show on Friday night. We'll be talking more open championship too.
2: Nice. And you just changed you just changed your uh, what, your Twitter handle. Everything now is Cam Rogers Live. You just changed that, right? It is completely Cam Rogers Live across the board, staying consistent. There, hey, look! Consistency is the key, my man, and, and you're definitely <laughs> consistent. So we appreciate you as always. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Thank you, man. Enjoy the week.
2: All right, brother. There he goes, Cam Rogers from the Believe Podcast Network. As you heard him say on Twitter at Cam Rogers Live, everything is consistent. All the social medias are all the same. Again, at Cam Rogers Live does a great job uh, doing. You know, TV shows, talking about golf, jumping on the radio, talking about golf, the podcast, talking all things golf. Of course, the betting lines as far as golf goes as well. Does a really good job. Definitely appreciate him giving us a few minutes of his time this afternoon. Speaking of this afternoon and time, it's time right now for you to shine. Call number 9, 702. Oh, I think all that rhymed, huh? 702-365-9200. Looking for call number 9. Want to get you qualified for four tickets to an aviators game, right? That's what we're going to do. We're going to get you registered for four tickets to our aviators game. It's the Lotus of Summer of Fun. That is one stop, one step, the first step into getting the seven day Alaska cruise for true two. Uh, we're doing it all week long. We're giving out a trip each and every week. Uh, you could take the trip, take the cash. Of course, the cash is three thousand dollars, but the first step is getting qualified for, to win four tickets to an Aviators game, and that's what we're looking for right now. 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what we're looking for. My man, Ari, is standing by in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. So hit us up right now. While you do that, I wanted to hit a couple text messages that we got. We got plenty of text messages on our wbroke.com text line, at 69187 keyword RNR talking about, The Raiders talking about the questions that I threw out there, and I asked you, give me two questions about this Raiders team as we're less than a week away from the start of camp. Give me one on offense and one on defense. And we got this text from Cucamonga Raider. Say, what up, fellas? This question applies to both sides of the ball. Can we keep our leads and finish ball games, meaning defense making stops and offense sustaining drives when we need them the most? That's a really good one. Again, Cucamonga Raider on that one. That is really good because that is the key. Right, And we've talked about it on the show multiple times that you've got to be able to find a way to hold on to those leads. There's too many times that the Raiders of 2022 had the lead, double-digit leads even, and found a way to lose. That has got to be eliminated. That's on coaching, and that's on the players. The coach has got to be better, and the players have got to be better. The players have got to know the situation, and the coach is going to have to know how to get the most out of those players. It's as simple as that. You can't have multiple games where you're up double digits and find a way to lose, our good friend Nick Shook from NFL.com, who joins the show quite a bit. Matter of fact, he'll be on the show sometime this week, probably on Friday. He texted me. I, I, I remember this text like it was yesterday. It was on Christmas Eve. Me and the family were over at Vegas Justice House, and we we're watching the Raiders and Steelers game. Goes into halftime, and the Raiders are up. Now, they weren't up a lot, but they were up. And Nick texted me out of nowhere and said, Q, the Raiders are going to need to score some more points or they're going to lose this game. You know what they do in the second half of games. And I responded and said, LOL, you're right. And, well, we all know how that game ended. The Raiders lost because they did not score. Derek Carr threw multiple interceptions. He got benched after that game, and, well, the rest is history. But just I can remember it like it was yesterday because this is literally somebody who writes for NFL.com, someone who covers the NFL like a glove. And he's just watching this game, and he got that sense of, I know how this ends before it ended. It was literally halftime when he texted me and say, Q, they better keep scoring. You know how it ends. And, well, that's that's the truth. So going back to Cucamonga Raiders' text on our don'tbebroke.com text line, can we keep our leads when we have them, meaning defense making stops and offense sustaining drives when we need them the most? I think that's a fantastic text from Cucamonga Raider. Rob in Oakland hit us up talking about ice cream (laughs) at Lord's. I'll do some mango ice cream. Otherwise, otherwise it's haagen pineapple coconut all day. It's my ice cream, Robin Oakland, right there. So uh, there you go. I like it. We uh,
4: <laughs> nothing negative to say about that one.
2: <laughs> I mean, look, man, look. If the man wants to have pineapple coconut ice cream, so be it. Hey, I don't know. Look, I'm not signing up for that, but that's his thing.
4: No, I'm just, I'm just busting your chops. That is interesting, though. Mango, mangoes. I might
2: mess with that. Is it sorbet? Are
4: we talking? About I don't know. That? I don't. I, I don't
2: know about mango ice cream. Very. Important. I do know about Lord's ice cream, though. I can tell you that. Hmm. But mango ice cream? Yeah, I don't know. But that. Hey, look. Rob said he, that's what he likes. That's what he likes. You do I just Rob. laugh at you when you talk about Rocky Road. I was like, Ari, you? Uh, you and Rocky Road? Huh. That's good, man. You're... I didn't say it's not good. I just, hmm. you know. And then he said. Eh. Cookies and cream,
4: I'll accept that answer.
2: Cookies and cream is fantastic. Who's who like it? No, you. Who is, you, that's who is me.
4: shaking a stick at cookies and cream ice cream? You, you, you kind of settled, like, all right, well, Rocky Road stinks, but okay, cookies and cream's enough. So
2: I'm just saying,
4: thank you for accepting my ice cream choices.
2: Yeah, look, <laughs> hey, man, one out of two is not bad. Nah, I'm gonna, right?
4: Like I said, man, chocolate, I'm I'm in pretty much with with some chocolate in there. Got you covered.
2: All right. All right. I can respect that. Uh, we got a text from Dame on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Q, I just tapped into your show. Haven't been tapped in since the end of the season. I'm extremely disenchanted with this team for the first time in my life, and I've been a fan all my life. Good to hear you still doing the good work, brother. That is from Dame, and Dame, appreciate you. And it's about that time to tap back in, right? It's July 19th. I don't mind people taking time off. Sometimes you got to disconnect. You know, and, and, and I've got to that point where I have to disconnect sometime. But, you know, when, when, you're, when you're ready to connect again, it's great to, it's great to you know, know that you can tune in and, and know that we ain't gone nowhere. Right? And I'd never begrudge anyone for disconnecting for a while and decompressing and just say, you know what, that was a, that was a season. <laughs> Good, bad, ugly, whatever the case may be. Sometimes just being a fan is exhausting. Right? Sometimes it's exhausting. Sometimes when it's all said and done, you're like, whew. Man, I'm glad that's over. Right? Just, just, and, again, it doesn't mean that it's bad. I mean, even going back to 2021 and the last time the Raiders were in the playoffs, that run that they made at the end of the season to get into the playoffs, I remember being at the M Resort watching. I did the pregame show, watching that, that, uh, that, that, uh, that Bengals game, that, that loss in Cincinnati. And I remember the, the Raiders having the ball and a chance to go down there and tie the game. I just knew. I told anybody who would listen that they were going to they were gonna tie that up because that's just what they do, right? And they've been on such a roll to end the season. I was like, why wouldn't they go down there and win? It's kind of what they do. Now, obviously, they didn't, but it's just at the same time, it's just that was exhausting. When it was all said and done, the season was wrapped up. Not that I want to see the season wrap up. I was like, whew, that was a hell of a ride. So, hey, Dame, I don't blame you, but appreciate you uh, – Tapping back in, man. I do appreciate that. And that's going to do it for today's show. Before we get up out of here, Ari's got to hit us with the day of the day, the national day of the day. What you got? for Yesterday was a great one with Tattoo Day, but it wasn't really yesterday. It was the day before. What you got today?
4: This one, uh, and I'm just going to say <laughs> I, I, I'm i going to get a lot of flack for this. a bad take maybe. I hate hot dogs. I think I do they're too. the most overrated thing in the world. they Today kids. is National Hot Dog Day. It's the third Wednesday in July. <sighs> so, yeah. I, you know, whatever. You can grill it up, boil them, whatever. No, nah, hot dogs are gross, uh, man. They're for you kids. You see, I'm not going to put much effort in because I hit no, No, but no, uh, hot dogs are gross. I, I'm with yeah, you. I'm I, with you. Uh,
2: yeah. Now, I, let me ask you this. Since it's National Hot Dog Day and I don't want to poo-poo on them too much. Do you know, if I say I'd rather have a hot link, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh,
4: only because we hit this once a while back in the show.
2: Am I the only swing of D that knows <laughs> what a hot link is? Apparently.
4: You I don't under, where is
2: everyone else from a different planet, or maybe am I from a different planet?
4: Uh, a little bit of both, I think, but more so. the second I
2: don't one. <laughs> understand. I do a national show, and I'll do it in a little while, about an hour. Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio, and this girl Rachel, who claims she's from the South, says she doesn't know what a hot link is. I don't understand. You have to
4: educate the people.
2: Spread Nation Radio, nine twenty. Have a good night.